0: Well, it's uh, it's great to see you guys today. Uh, if you're a guest, we're so glad you're here. I'm David. I'm the pastor, and uh, we want you to show anything we got going on. You're you're welcome to be a part of. Uh, I I love that song with the enemy, means for evil. God always finds a way to make it for good when our goal is to seek God and, and to honor Him in our lives. We're uh <clears throat> we're here on Epic Sunday, man. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting thing we do. You know, we understanding the you know the coronavirus thing. We wrestled with so many things and. What to do or what not to do, and you know, sought the Lord on this. And at the end of the day, you know, we just do we, things as safe as we can. And I know some of you, you may wonder come, you know, 12 o'clock, you know, y'all go home, relax, get, you know, change some, you know, some easygoing clothes, come out, and have a great time. But, you know, we did. Uh, code enforcement people the other day came out, we had a visit with them, and I talked with them about 30 minutes, and and we told them all we're doing. And, and at the end of it all, I said, You want me to change anything? He said, You're All right. I said, So we're good. He said, We're good. I said, Okay, I don't know what else to do. So we're going to, we're going to honor God. We're going to, we're going to eat a little bit because we're Baptists. We do that. And, uh, and we're, going to, we're going to have baptism. We're going to see some, some folks share their story, and that's a great opportunity to worship. And we're going to dedicate some kids to the Lord and pray that God will bring them to salvation sometime. That's just great. It's an exciting time. And, and you know, the Lord is blessing in, in so many lives. And, and we just, however we can be a part of that, we want to do that in life. And uh, we're, we're finishing up a series today entitled, A Man After God's Own Heart. And it began at 1st of September about David. And David was a man who, who loved and served the Lord. That's what he did. And he left this tremendous story. And most people, even if they don't go to church, know something about David because of David and Goliath. That's kind of like, you know, the, kind of like a, a cultural thing, a David and Goliath story. So they know that. And different people remember David different ways. Some may, may remember him because of his sin with Bathsheba. Some because if he wrote those Psalms. If the Psalms really speak to your heart, I can get that, man. Some of the Psalms, especially the important ones, are the ones that really move us, Psalm 23, Psalm 51. David wrote those. And some just because he was a shepherd, and his story is kind of every person's story of wanting to come from nothing to something. But the question I really want to ask as we bring this whole series to a close, we're leaving the Old Testament, going to the New Testament now with David, is how did they look at David a 1,000 years later? How did the people... Who you know, followers of Christ, how they view David a thousand years later. So the, the message today is entitled Legacy, and uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter thirteen. David left a legacy, and so let's look at the, that passage of scripture that we have. And here it is. Paul stood up, and motioning with his hand, said, "Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers, and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt, and with an uplifted arm." He led them out from it. And for a period of about 40 years, he put up with them in in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land as an inheritance, all of which took about 450 years. And after these things, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. And then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And after he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. And from the descendants of this man, according to promise, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus. So as you bring this whole series to a close, here's the thing that I really want you to see from all of this. Everyone wants to be remembered. Be remembered for honoring God and following Jesus. We all want to be remembered. So be remembered because you honored God and you followed Jesus. And so um, we begin this message and we we'll talk about David leaving a le- legacy. David left a legacy. And it's important to remember that the legacy didn't matter to David. We, we may not think it did, but, but he, like all of us, because here's the thing, everyone wants to be remembered, even King David. I mean, everybody in life wants to be remembered, even even David. I shared with you last week, David's story, for the most part, ends in 2 Samuel 24. And then you come to 1 Kings, David's really old, and it's a transition from David to Solomon. That's what's going on in 1 Kings. And there's this intrigue because there's this conflict going on. And in in the conflict, because David's old and he's about to pass, who's going to follow him? He wants Solomon, but his oldest son is named Adonijah. The two elders before him had already passed, and he's the eldest living son. And he wants to be king, and some of the court of David want Adonijah to be king. And so there's this conflict. And here's the problem whenever there's that kind of who's going to follow the king, whoever wins out, whoever loses, is going to die usually. (laughs) That's kind of it. So there's a lot of interest in what happens. Well, you know. Bathsheba and the prophet Nathan and one of the priests named Zadok and another guy named Benaiah, You know, they're 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 kind of in there trying to help Solomon. And so Bathsheba goes to David, and she said, "You know, Adonijah has this time set himself up. They try to do a peremptory strike and set himself up." She said, "Why did why did you tell Adonijah he could be king?" David said, "I didn't tell him that." And she said, "Well, well, he set himself up that way." And here's here's what we've seen. It's really interesting. First Kings chapter one, verse 30, 30-31. Here's what David tells Bathsheba. No, no. Your son Solomon shall be king after me. Here's the important part. And shall sit on my throne in my place. Notice, it's my throne, my place. I determine my legacy. Then she replied to him, may my Lord King David live forever. Now, she's not saying literally, you know, that you physically live on. What she's saying is this. Through Solomon, may the memory of David live. You see, like all of us, David... David wants to be remembered. And so we come a thousand years forward and we're in the book of Acts chapter 13. Paul is on his first great evangelistic journey. And he and, uh, he and Barnabas they're in they're in the area of Asia Minor, what we would call Turkey, in the town of Antioch of Pisidia. There's several Antiochs, this is in Pisidia. And so it's their custom on, on the Sabbath, they're going to go to the synagogue and worship with the Jews. That's what they do. And so they always they had a strategy. Paul always had a strategy. In the first place he would go to take Jesus as the Jews. And then he would go to the Gentiles. He was going to always go to the Gentiles, went to the Jews first. He was Jewish. He did that. And back then, and we don't do this today, fortunately. Back then, when some visiting preacher showed up, you would always ask him, hey, do you want to say something? We don't, we don't ask people if they want to say something. We don't have we don't, we, time constraint. Most preachers are way long-winded, and, and that's not going to happen. So he got up, and he began talking about Jesus, but he started with the history of Israel. And that was commonplace back then. You, you, long, these long speeches in, um, sec, I mean, in uh, Acts chapter 2, that's how Peter begins his great message at Pentecost in Acts chapter 7. Uh, Stephen does that. So, you know, Paul doing that just starts talking. He says, well, even back when we were in Egypt, you know, God put us there and we, and we grew and, and he delivered us. And then, and then we wandered and God put up with us for 40 years. And then, you know, we went into the land of promise and God took out the seven kings. And, you know, and then we had judges, and and then he had Samuel, and and people wanted a king, and so they gave Saul. And in all of this, in these verses, what he's doing is he's talking about God's sovereignty. He's reminding them God is always in control. He's always in control. And not only is God in control, God always has a plan. Through the history of Israel, they would all say, well, yeah, God is sovereign. He's in control. Yeah, God has a plan. They would agree to that. And eventually, he's going to get to Jesus. And they're going to be kind of excited about Jesus. And they're going to ask him to come back the next week. But when he comes back the next week, there's some religious leaders that have come. And they don't want him. And they kick him out. So he goes to the Gentiles. But before he gets to Jesus, he gets to David. And in dealing with David, in verse 22, he reminds them that God removes Saul. And he raised up David to be king. Now, in, in removing, that, that was God's right. God got to determine who was going to be in charge because God was in charge. And that was part of his sovereignty. And so the raising up David means he brought David to the front. He, it, it was the beginning. He kind of brought David and began that because that's God. He's in control. He's got a plan. He was the king. And they would all say, yeah, that's great. And then he even talks about David this way. He said, concerning this man, David, who God gave testimony or testified about. The word testimony in the Greek language is the words which get our term martyr from. It means to testify or witness. Our martyr was someone who gave witness in suffering or death. And the word carries the idea of authenticity. Because if you were going to die for something, it must be authentic in your life. For God to give testimony is for God to give authenticity. So Paul says God gave authenticity to something about David. And he's, he's going to quote Psalms 89 and then 1 Samuel chapter 13. In Psalms 89, he reminds them that God chose David to be king. He's taken that from Psalm. And then he said, because he, had a, he was a man after my own heart, he would do my will. So he goes over to 1 Samuel 13. Now, the thing about 1 Samuel 13, and we talked about this, you know, when I began uh, the series. This was the second message I think we dealt with this. Is that David's not even mentioned. Saul is king. But Saul disobeys God. Because Saul was supposed to wait for Samuel to show up. So Samuel could be of a sacrifice and they could go to war. Saul got antsy, so Saul did the sacrifice. Samuel shows up and says, you disobeyed God. You did exactly what he told you not to do. That was what he wanted me to do. And so you're going to lose your kingdom. David hadn't even been mentioned yet. David, they didn't even know of David. You don't see David till chapter 16. But what God says, I have someone already after my own heart. The heart is not the place of emotion. It is the place of the will, the place of moral decision. It's the place where we make our commitments. Here's here's the cool thing about that. We are created in the image of God. As such, we are relational, functional beings who reflect God in some way. And the primary way we connect to God is through relationship, through worship. That's how we do. That is a heart thing, not based on emotion, but based on pursuing the things that matter to God to function the way God wants us to. So we have that connection when we're after God. To be after God's heart then is to pursue the things of God and to be connected to God and to glorify and honor God. And that's what David did. God said, he will do my will the way I want it done. Now, we may look at that and say, well, you know, if you just look at it, that seems kind of strange. Because Saul, sure, he sinned. I mean, he, 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 okay, he jumped the gun and did the sacrifice. And then in chapter 15, God said, destroy all the Amalekites. Well, he's destroyed all but the king and destroyed most of the cattle. But David, look what David did. I mean, David had his affair, and then he had her husband killed in a cowardly fashion. And then after that, the son died, and then there was, there was turmoil in his family because of it. And then we saw last week, because of his pride, 70,000 people died. I mean, in our standards... Just you and I, in the world we live in, David's stuff was a whole lot worse. But not to God. Because God understood that David was a man who repented, who sought him, who never worshipped any foreign gods, who never sought after idols, who obeyed the commands of God. His struggle was within relationships. Saul, on the other hand, was a man who never repented, never showed faith, never obeyed. The kings that followed David, whether they be from the northern kingdom of Israel or the southern kingdom of David, were all measured against David walking with God. Did they walk after God like David? Yes or no? Last week I was uh, finishing up Second Kings and I was in Second Kings 16, verses 2 through 4. It talked about Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. And it said of Ahaz that he did evil in the eyes of the Lord because he did not walk according to his father David. But he, and then it listed all his sins. And he followed after the gods of the Canaanites. And so he, he didn't meet up to that standard. So David was the guy. But Paul, but, but Paul goes on. He doesn't just leave it with that. And this is where it gets kind of interesting. Because now Paul is going to connect Jesus, uh, 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 David to Jesus. So Paul says this. He says, from this one man's descendants, from the descendants of David, this one man, came forth because of a promise God brought to Israel Savior, Jesus. Now, God made a promise. There are several promises God makes in the Old Testament. One is to Abraham. He says, I promise you that the Messiah, the whole world, will be blessed through you. And we know that is Jesus. And if you come on Wednesday nights right now to grow, we've talked about it. In, in the book of Galatians, Paul is talking about how that promise made to Abraham is fulfilled in Christ. And so we understand that. But he made a promise to David too. And the promise he made to David was simply this. He said, David, you'll always have one of your descendants to rule as king. Now, obviously that didn't happen in an earthly fashion because in 597, 587, there were no more kings of Israel. But the Jewish people understood that this was not a literal king. They understood it to mean that a Messiah was coming. They were looking for a Messiah to come. So when Paul would talk to the Jewish people about a promise being fulfilled through the sentence of David, it would get their attention. And they would know Messiah. And he said who it was. It was Jesus. Jesus, the Savior. The word Savior comes from a word that means the one who delivers. It speaks of someone who might be out at sea and be shipwrecked. And trying to find somewhere to survive, they would be holding on to a plank. But eventually they were going to die. They would get hypothermia and freeze or they would drown or something might eat them along the way. But they were going to die unless someone would deliver them. Jesus is the one who delivers us, not physically per se, but he delivers us from our separation from God. And what Paul said is that is connected to David. The promise made to David is because David was a man after God's own heart becomes Jesus. So here's the thing about David as we look at his legacy. The reason David, the reason we look at him and we hold him up and remember him is because David worshiped, honored, and obeyed God. That's what he did. I mean, that was David. I said it from the beginning, a man after God's own heart. He worshiped, honored, and obeyed God. That's who he was. But it wasn't just that that made him his legacy. We have to realize that the ultimate legacy of David is Jesus. That's how it looks at it from the New Testament perspective. Jesus is really the legacy of David. I shared with you last week, when you come to Matthew and you open it up, it says, very first verse in the New Testament, the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. When you read through Matthew, a very Hebrew gospel, Matthew constantly talks about Jesus being the son of David, the son of David. He was the title of the Messiah. When he comes into the holy city, Jerusalem, on uh, Palm Sunday, week before Easter, the people cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. David's legacy is tied to Jesus. So here's the thing. Legacy is always connected to Jesus. For a believer, for a person of faith, our legacy should always be connected to Jesus In the Old Testament, remember when we started this whole series, and one of the things I said is if you struggle with the Old Testament, if it's kind of new to you, if you're a new Christian, a new believer, the Old Testament really focuses, God reveals himself through the lives of three men, Abraham, Moses, and David. In the New Testament, we are reminded that the promise made to Abraham was through Jesus, that the followers of Jesus, Jesus says this, Paul says this, Hebrews says this, that the children of Abraham are the followers of Jesus. That's who the children are, baby. That's the promise. Moses. Moses brought the law. Moses, you know, he was the one of the lawgiver, and we're told constantly in the New Testament, time and time again, that Jesus fulfilled all of the law of Moses. Sometimes we're even told that the law of Moses was a prophetic utterance looking to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Who was it with Jesus, Elijah, and Moses? And then you hear come to David, who is known because of Jesus' legacy. Is always connected to Jesus, so I want to talk to you now about leaving a legacy. I uh, I find myself curious and fascinated by cemeteries. I'm at kind of I studied history in high school college, and college, and so they kind of fascinate me. So I'll go to cemeteries sometimes, just look at the gravestones, see people's stories a little bit, because sometimes they'll say things about their life in a. I was a very, when I was 24 years old, I started becoming the pastor of Middle Springs Baptist Church, halfway between Lockhart and Luling. And I thought I knew it all, man. i had been, been in ministry five years. I had five years of experience. I thought I knew life. And I went and pastored there. And it was a little church, around about 25. But next to that church was a cemetery, a big old cemetery. And I go out to that cemetery. And sometimes I I'd practice my sermon out there for two reasons. One, there was a lot more people. And two, they would respond uh, a whole lot better in the cemetery than the church. <laughs> see, but what you see in the cemeteries is how people are remembered. Remember, everybody, everybody wants to be remembered, Right? And we all, we all have that idea. I am told that I am in the legacy stage of my life. That's what, that's what sociologists and others say. And I think that means I'm just getting old. <laughs> I'm in the legacy stage of life. Some of you, well, not here, but in the other servers, they are way past the legacy stage of life. And, you know, we're, we're legacy people. You know, we're usually in our 50s, empty nesters, and we're still working. But we're thinking about what kind of world we're going to leave behind how we're going to be remembered. You know, I, sometimes I still think about that. And I think about legacy. And then you know, I was thinking about this, you know, how to work this and putting a sermon together. And then Friday, um, an icon of my, uh, my high school and college days died. Jerry Jeff Walker died. And when you grew up in Texas in the 70s and 80s, um, you listened by primarily listen to two music, kinds of music. You listened to rock and roll and uh, you listened to uh, Outlaw Country. And most, you know, the other kids listen to other things that's most of what we listen to in outlaw country it was Waylon and Willie and a whole bunch of regional guys from Texas and it was Jerry Jeff Walker he's most famous for the song Mr. Bojangles which most of you probably heard and so you know it's kind of sad you're reflecting you know and you're communicating with friends about songs that you liked and, and the things the memories. and memories and as you begin reading you realize in reading obituation things about Jerry Jeff there's no mention of God no mention of faith no mention of Jesus His legacy is nothing but his music. In a 1,000 years from now, nobody will remember. That's not the kind of legacy that matters. So as we bring this kind of series to a close, I want to share three things with you about legacy from the life of David from this whole series to kind of bring it to a conclusion. Three things that really should strike you about this man and his life. The first is this, have a passion. To honor God David was a man after God's own heart have a passion to honor God we began the series with Goliath and David saw that big old giant and taunting the people the army of Israel and then taunting the God of Israel and said how long are you gonna put up with this guy taunting the Lord and he fought Goliath, for the honor of God, was his passion. Twice, we are told in the New Testament, on two different occasions, Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple because of his zeal, his passion for the house of the Lord. The most famous verse in the New Testament tells us the passion of God when it says God so loved the world. If God has that kind of passion for us, shouldn't we have that kind of passion to honor God? Every day needs to be a day when you think up and how do you honor God? You know, we're thinking about uh, having Epic Sunday. So, listen, there are are a lot of issues involved with that. I I get it. Of all people, I get it. And and, and every time, you know, I would just, here's the thing I say, I ask, God, are we going to honor you through this? That's what I got to, God, at the end of the day, you've got to show me, are we going to honor you through this? Because we're not going to honor you, nothing else matters. And I think as we go through our lives and the decisions we make, the questions we have to know is, am I going to honor you today? That really is what matters. I mean, every day, am I going to honor you? And as the older I get, listen, one thing I know I don't have as many days as I used to. That's why I'm at the legacy stage and the days are getting short. It also means like, things like meals are getting. I don't have as many meals left. That's why I, I'm at a point where if you cook something by cook something I don't want, I don't eat it because I don't want the last thing I eat. You know, if I die, my autopsy to be cauliflower or something like that. <laughs> Kale, any of those things. But what I want every day Am I going to honor you, God? You, know, you ask yourself every day, God, am I honoring you in my life today? Is my passion today, God, going to be to honor you? Second thing I'm going to share with you is this: Don't let sin define your life and your legacy. Nobody sinned like David. It's did. You uh, know, it's common. You know, yeah, common, but I, occasionally people come and they'll, and they'll say. I don't see how God can forgive me. And I understand that. You know, I try to help him work through it. But here's what I know. If God can forgive David, if God can forgive Paul, I've never met anybody who did what those guys did. I mean, think about David. I mean, David, I know there's some pretty evil people, and I get that. But I mean, just the people that we come in contact with, David, David cowardly had a man killed. We saw last week, David was responsible for the death of 70,000 innocent people. Because of his pride. I mean, who among us has that on their shoulders? Paul sought to wipe out an entire religion, the Christian faith. He was trying to kill as many Christians as he could before God got a hold of him. Repentance is a wonderful gift that God gives us. The ability to come to him and turn away from our sins and find forgiveness. It doesn't mean, like I said a few weeks ago, that all the consequences goes away. Sin is cruel. The cruelty of sin may linger, but the guilt will go away. In your life, there is no sin so great that it can destroy your life and legacy if you will but ask for forgiveness from the Father through the Son. And you can do that. Just like David did when he repented. All of us can repent. Have a passion to honor God. Don't let sin define your life and legacy. And the third thing is this. Make sure your legacy is Jesus. At the end of the day, that's what it is. He came up to the fisherman and he said, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. So said, you come follow me. And your legacy Will be with me. He, he told the apostles, Go make disciples of all the world. I'll be with you every step of the way. Before he ascended in Acts, he said, The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You will be my witnesses. And here's where you're going to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the world. He always leaves his father, followers the opportunity to be remembered if we will but follow him. And that's it. It's not about doing it our way. It's not about me trying to figure out, you know, how, how am I going to get this done? What, it's not even up to me. It's just me following Jesus where Jesus leads me. And then whatever else happens, happens. I've got no control over that. You know, I, 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 I don't, I, what other churches do, it's not, I have no control over that. It's not my problem. What you do in your life, I have no control over that. That's not, that's not my issue. All I, all I can do is just deal with me. And me wants to follow Jesus. I fail sometimes. I mess up a lot. But all you really want to do is follow Jesus. And how people remember you, that's important. But how, what Jesus thinks of me is more important. I want my legacy to be connected to Jesus because Jesus, in the end, is all that matters. What else do I care about? So when I die and they do my funeral, I don't know, I don't know who's going to do it. Hopefully, I'll we have all our other pastors and I won't be any of them. I don't have any confidence in them, you know. But whoever, whoever, whoever leads it, does it, what they say isn't what matters. What matters. Is whether God to say, I was a man after his heart. So here's the thing. How we are remembered is the legacy we leave behind. That's true. So just go ahead and do this. Be remembered for honoring God and following Jesus. At the end of the day, if people will just say about you, yeah, they honor God, yeah, you follow Jesus, isn't that really enough? Do you need anything more than that? Then for the person who stands... And talks about your life when it's over to simply say, you honored God, you followed Jesus, nothing else matters. So I begin this series with a message about Goliath entitled The Legend Begins. Beginning of a legend. And in that sermon, I said this, that killing Goliath didn't make David a legend. What made him a legend was he honored God and showed that honor all his life by his faith in God. For us, it is honoring God and following God through faith in Jesus. And in the end, it's the only way we need to be remembered. So I ask you, have you trusted Christ to be your Savior? Have you given your life to follow Jesus? Because ultimately you can't honor God if you don't follow Jesus. If you've never trusted Christ to be your Savior, then the most important thing about our invitation is to invite you to give Jesus your life. In Epic Sunday, we're going to baptize. And we're going to baptize people who gave their life to Christ. And we're going to kind of tell their story when we do it. Everybody's life is a journey. Every journey is different. But your journey brings you to Jesus, you trust Jesus. For some of you who are followers of Christ, are you living by the faith that God calls you to live by, just like David, to have real faith, to trust God? And in that faith, to repent and confess your sin, knowing that he will forgive you. And in your life, ultimately, do you honor God? If you do nothing else today, If you will simply make the commitment that every day you're going to get up and you're going to ask God to show you how to honor him, this would have been a good day for you. Listen, I don't know what it is you need to do, but this is what I know. One thing, leave here remembered for honoring God, following Jesus. So, Lord, story of David It's it's an unbelievable journey. And his life is an example. So much that is good and so much that is sinful. But when it's over, the one thing we can see from David is he loves you. He worships you. He obeyed you. And he honored you. And 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 from David came Jesus. And now, Father, his legacy is Christ. Let our legacy be Christ as well from trusting him completely, this is how we will honor you. And so we ask, God, in the name of Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, let us be remembered for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? You come. We'll be here.